about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Welcome to the new episode of Worst Gig Ever. I'm Jeff Garlock. Shalom. I'm Mike Pace. Welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, today we've got uh, Jody Lennon on. Jody Lennon, great performer. She was in the show Exit 57. Great improviser. Uh, just the most positive person we've had it was, on. It, I gotta say, it was a struggle to, to ring some stories. I don't even know if we, we got some 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 negative Nellies out of her. Right. We got a lot of negative Nellies definitely out of me. A little out of you. Uh, we got a little at the end, but it's a great silver lining on a yeah, shit cloud. It's, 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 it's a, a shit cloud silver lining episode is what I would classify uh, this one But as. Jody was great. But before, we, we have multiple guests uh, on the show. Uh, today, we actually have uh, someone in the studio here. We uh, he, he bills himself as the, the only Caribbean comedy songwriter. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Coconut Jones? Thank you. Yes, my name is Coconut Jones. Coconut, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so you're like a uh, like a Ray Stevens, but with a little bit more laid back attitude, right? Well, I mean, I would take that as sort of an insult. I uh, think Ray oh, Stevens uh, is uh, racist, and uh, my stuff is more family oriented. But I do comedy, I do music, and uh, thanks. I just love being on the show. Thank you. That's Any opportunity great. to spread my uh, my songs and my joy. That's fantastic. And you've been to the Caribbean a lot, I assume. Then. Well, you know, what is going to the Caribbean, really? I mean, you see the pictures. I've been to the beach. Jones Beach is very nice this time of year. Jones Beach is actually, it's, I grew up on Long Island, and, you know, I wouldn't actually, I've also been to the Caribbean. Well, you know, what do you want from me? All right, well, I guess we'll just... Any place I go in my head is going to be better than the real thing. That's a that's a, that's a great positive outlook, uh, and kind of PMA terribly... Again. We got yeah, it's, PMA. Yeah, it's a little P- negative, too, what is but... PMA? Uh, positive like, mental... like PMS? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, he is a comedian. All right, so Coconut Jones, why don't you just uh, give us a little song here? Yeah, uh, uh, let's make sure that guitar is mic'd. Okay. Make sure that's in tune? Oh, yeah. All right, the song I'm going to do for you is called Grass Skirts and Belly Shirts. Oh, sounds hilarious already. Here we go. All right, sing along if you know the words. I know. When I... <laughs> Coconut, you stop the song. <laughs> You can't, you can't mess me up. Sorry, I gotta bro. say, these guys are so funny. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, sorry All right, to interrupt. Let's... Sorry to interrupt. Coconut Jones, okay, give us a go. song here. here. What's go. this one called? It's called Grass Skirts and Belly Shirts. Love it. Bring it on. When you're lying in the grass And something hits your ass It's gonna be the best just touch my chest 
the next part of the song gets a little graphic. So for my listeners who are underage, okay. uh, I want you to turn off right now. I don't really feel like we're in the Caribbean it's, yet, but uh, no, go on. Coconut right, here we go. Right. Yeah. Sitting on the beach. There we go. Eating a peach, your mom's vagina. And it's good. Just like my favorite brand of milk called Hood. Thank you very much. Oh, that was that was great. Thank you very much, yeah, Coconut Joe. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, I, 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 it still feels a little bit like you might want to try going to the Caribbean. Uh, you don't get many peaches out there. Uh, they really? probably won't get Hood milk either. Kind of a local uh, milk a, where brand. Where did you but, grow up, Coconut? Uh... Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, right. So, yeah. So, I think you should maybe definitely uh, check out the Caribbean, get some beach All right. tournament. Coconut but Jones, thank you very much for being with that us. That was fantastic. Right. I loved it. Fuck you guys. Oh, Fuck whoa. You. <laughs> All right, guys. Wow. Coconut Jones stormed out, but uh, let's just go into... Oh, and he left. That I is... found himself humiliated in my life when you <laughs> shut the door a second time. Wow. All right. So, first musical guest, right. maybe our last. He ran right out. But, uh, he so. Left his guitar. Well, we got a little gift then. Right. Uh, so thank you, Coconut Jones. But let's get into Jody Lennon. Peace. Peace. <laughs> this is a lovely apartment, but I do have a thing about Greenpoint. Like how awesome it is! You, I can, know. you can leave now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Interview with over. Point. Lay this it out. This would be the meanest no. thing I say the whole time. <laughs> yes. No. Good. I want. I want to hear because I wonder if I agree with it because I'm not in love. And I, I've been I, here for I almost like twelve years. I feel like there's something about being able to see Manhattan, and it's so close. But it seems like it's a nightmare to get here. Don't well, say, oh, the G's awesome. No, 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 no. I, I gotta say, the G's uh, no. not bad. I will, I'll say this. Between our, my apartment is, is, uh, equidistant from the L and okay. the G. So I, when I go into Manhattan, I'm almost always taking the L. But my main gripe about Greenpoint is just, it's not that pretty. Oh, I love it's, it. It's not the prettiest. I'll name. say this. I prefer Astoria. G to the E. Easy. Gets me to theater, the used to be offices, and you're 30 You're a little closer to the G. Uh, Pretty. You know, we live in a gritty city. Let's do (laughs) this. Is it not? It isn't um, pretty. It's not a source of cancer? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. No, no, it's going to That's why we have the window shut because of the exhaust from the BQE. I mean, I heard that there's something going on in the, well, I mean, we're the whole island. One of the largest oil spills. Right. Underneath. Yeah. Right. Around where I live. Yeah. Uh, ever. But it's crude. So. But it's crude. <laughs> they're going to be, totally they're going to be drilling pretty soon. Uh, yeah. I've just been used to, I mean, I've been in the same block radius for 10 to 12 years. I can appreciate that. I've lived in my apartment a long time. Yeah. Too. That's the other, yeah. I just, just, you know, we are actually rolling. Yeah, yeah, so, we're rolling. Yeah, well, no, we're rolling. Hey, this this is the show. Yeah, this, this is, is the is show. It. It's just complaining about great points. <laughs> uh, and we've got crazy bumps, which are great. Uh, I've seen one guy get his penis sucked on the street outside of a church while I was just walking. Well, first over. of all, that was me. <laughs> yeah, and second I, mean, of all, I was like, Pace, don't do that. But uh, no, it was it, a disgusting walk through the middle of the day. What it is, though, it's bumped. the classic. You have what you have here is the classic, like skid row, <laughs> drunk at noon, like 
stumbling. Yeah. It's a classic bum. Yes. It's it's a W.C. Fields, but a little <laughs> bit less classy. Yeah, classic Bowery Boys bum here. I can appreciate that. You should appreciate that. So, Jody, welcome. Oh, Hi. Thank you. Yeah, Hi. we're here. Welcome to, to the studio slash backstage slash green room. Yes. Slash. We cover it all in this one little room. Slash slash a snake pit. <laughs> it's nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, so, yeah. So, welcome. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Jody, I, I mean, we're going into this uh, the, with the pre-warning that you are, and I know this from <laughs> dealing with you, you are a positive Positive mental force. attitude. Yeah. Yes. You, got, you have PMA. Uh, you've got bad brains PMA. Uh, and... I want to break that. <laughs> really? I mean, no, I don't really. I, Why? No, I don't at all. Maybe but I'm here to break you guys. I would li- actually, yes, I would. Kind I'm kind of, of the. I, I'm kind of the middle ground. You are the middle ground. I, I'm. I'm yeah. like the negative Nelly. You're off the. You're, deep the, you're end. mid-range Matt. <laughs> yeah, mid-range Matt. Uh, and well, you're, you're you're PMA Jody. Uh, yes. But uh, so we'll see. We'll see who wins this battle okay this battle of the battle anger. of the bulge battle of the bulge okay uh so uh just to uh, l- let's get into it uh jody where'd you come from oh. where'd you start uh, where have uh, you gone <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm grabbing my head <laughs> for the listener jody is currently grabbing her head. i just yeah. grabbed my Both head hands. exactly so loaded <laughs> i'm from maine oh maine Portland Bangor? area? Bangor? Falmouth. Oh, nice. Okay. Where is that? In Maine? <laughs> I'll act it's like It's near I don't. Portland. Okay. It's the East Coast. Southern Coast. Right. Sounds warmer. Okay. Um, then uh, eventually, in a short period of time after graduating from high school, I ended up in Chicago. Right. Uh, what brought you to Chicago? Improvisation. Oh, I mean, you went in, <laughs> yes. you went in we with would the do- guys that most people have, but you had that from high school. Yes. Did you do improv at all in high school, or did you have that theater really. stuff? We didn't have a big theater department, and so I was actually in New York for like a year. I came to New York thinking I was going to study something theatrical, mm-hmm. and I ended up cocktailing in a bar in in the village, <laughs> nice. illegally, because I was underage. But um, <laughs> And I was doing it in character, which is a nightmare when I think of my poor customers. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Character <laughs> Illustrate this character. I would do a bunch of different characters, of course. I right. took advantage of the situation. But um, it was a blues bar in the village, and, and was it was it like smalls? a two-drink minimum. No, it's not there okay. anymore. Um, <laughs> and it's, it was a two-drink minimum per person per set. So I had to listen to blues music. And so when I could, I would just like do all these um, characters. And then somebody said to me, hey, you should go to Chicago. And I mean, I was doing characters (laughs) so obviously and or poorly that a customer actually said to me, you should go to Chicago and study (laughs) characters and or improvisation. And um, so uh, I looked into it. And then like two months later, I moved to Chicago. Okay. Great. Uh, and so when you got to Chicago, like how quickly did you get involved in improv scene there? Immediately. Okay. I, um, um, you had to uh, take an improv class before you could go to the Second City Training Center. Right. And so I did that. And then um, I auditioned for the Training Center and I got into the Second City Training Center with lots of fabulous people that I still talk to to this day. Mm-hmm. We're in my very first class. 
And then um, at the same time, like in that training at Second City, um, within like two levels, I'd say I was then also studying at IO, which was Improv Olympic at the time. Right. And I was taking classes with um, Noah and then Sharna and then Dell. Um, and then um, I quickly got recruited into a show at The Annoyance called Mance and the Musical, which was my first show at The Annoyance. So I was doing the trifecta, right. which was pretty commonplace. Wow. So you moved quick. I mean, that's, I mean, I. Well, I was so talented. I was so yeah. talented. <laughs> they couldn't deny you coming to Chicago. No, no. Uh, it feels very, I mean, I just, I just feel like me being so slow. At doing everything, <laughs> it feels like I'm like moving at a sloth pace at like everything I do, especially comedy wise. Uh, I'm impressed. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, I think I was 20, like when I first started like taking my official classes at, at Second City, I was 20. Right. So I remember I couldn't legally drink. Right. Which is legally. Like, yeah, like Chicago. Operative. Come on. But everybody. you got away with it. Yeah, of course. Um, so, uh, so how long did you do improv in Chicago for? Uh, like four and a half years. Okay. Um, and then I moved here. I, I got a TV show, and so I moved to New York. Right. And that was Exit 57. Yeah. Great. Uh, which is one of my favorite sketch shows. Oh, I love you. Exit 57. Thank you very Full much. Disclosure. Full, Full disclosure. Discretion. Full discretion. Full discretion. Call back to one of yeah. the first episodes. Um, and so uh, how did you get involved in that, uh, in Exit 57? Um. So, uh, they, uh, I knew of Amy and, um, Steven and Paul, you know, the listener. Oh, Amy Sedaris, um, Paul Danello and Stephen Colbert. Mm -hmm. Um, they were like a generation ahead of me at Second City. And I would, I was also a work study program person at Second City. So I used to watch the main stage show every night. And that included Amy and, um, it was a small community, so we all knew each other. And then, um, like, I, I watched them. I wasn't, like, friendly, friendly with them. Um, right. But Mitch Rouse, who was also a cast member, um, he and I went through the training center together, and, and I knew him really well. But I was asked to audition, um, just okay. like everybody else. And at that time in, uh, what is that? So that was, like, 94 or something. Um, there were, like, it seemed like there were, like, a thousand sketch shows that you would just always auditioned for right. so um and i was I asked remember to for do me, there was a glo- i remember yeah. i remember making a point of saying like i think even at time and this is me the being edge. involved with ucb i was like i don't like the ucb show like i stuck behind exit 57 wow. and the vacant lot oh uh, wow uh those what was, were the, what was vacant, vacant lot? lot was kind of the spinoff of kids in the hall oh. had mark mckinney's brother kevin mckinney yeah uh and a bunch of people who also ended up or at least one or two guys on the Jenny McCarthy sketch show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Very funny show. The Jenny uh, McCarthy. Actually, Jenny McCarthy show had some good sketches. Yeah, definitely. Had some solid writers. Do you guys yeah. remember Hardcore TV that was on HBO for what like a season? That? No. Uh, it was a porno. <laughs> oh, okay. no, no, oh, okay. it was. It was. It was like a, It was an HBO sketch show that didn't feature anyone that I recognized, but they did like they were allowed to curse and right. there was nudity on it. Wow. And maybe there were like six episodes. They did a sketch called The Joy of Tattooing with a Bob Ross. Uh, <laughs> like oh, that's that. funny. Yeah. That's still pretty that funny. Sense. It's a Hardcore like a TV. Bit. Check it out. Uh, so yeah, so there was, like you're saying, there was kind of a glut. So you were just, yeah. it was just another audition in some yeah. ways. Yeah, I mean, and it was the whole thing. Everybody would get all worked up about characters and like how you're going to put them on tape. And right. 
what are you going to do? And so at that point, I, I, and you know, in the olden days, it was an effort to put yourself on mm -hmm. tape and you'd have to go into your agent's office and you'd psych each other out because you'd watch right. all the other people there with their wigs and their junk. Right. Which kind of makes you want to tell everyone to shut up right now. Like sometimes oh. when they're doing their SNL reels or whatever, and you're like, you know how easy this is. Well, like, I, mean, I mean, it's still hard to generate, but you've yeah. got a webcam. You can just do it. Right. Yeah. You could do it in, in the privacy of your own apartment and right. then edit it yourself. Right. But yeah, you were basically at the mercy of an intern at your agent's office. Right. And you, you were one of a ton of people in Chicago. So I, I put the tape together and, um, they liked it, and then they came to New York, and they watched me do um, improv in, at the Annoyance, and then um, I, I got the job. So then I moved to New York. And how long did Exit... Exit 57 was two seasons? It was two seasons. And it was yeah. on Comedy Central? It was on Comedy Central. Uh, Early Comedy Central yeah. programming? Got a yeah, Cable was, Ace Award? It, it did. I know. I know this before. This is literally the it. opposite of worst gig ever. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Exactly. Okay, we have a, I don't know. Wait. So wait. Are you telling? We have a Cable Ace Award winner. <laughs> yeah. First one, I think, on the show. Well, it was. Yeah. The yeah. show and, got nominated. Right. I did get nominated for performer, but I didn't win. I think. Um. I can't remember who won. Right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Cable Ace nominee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. That's a big deal. Do they deal. still exist? No. Okay, good. I just want to make no. sure. I, just, I always associate it with... Ways, I mean, it's uh -uh. A it is a glory thing, but it's also no. like getting a blockbuster award. It's so... Because well, like, they don't exist. A I always little think bit of, bigger. I always think of Larry Sanders. Yes. And, with Cable Lace. Yes. For some mm -hmm. reason, it's just like whenever they were promoting cable, uh, Larry Sanders on HBO, it would always right. be winner of five Cable Lace <laughs> yeah. Awards. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Rick yeah. Torn for Yes, exactly. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so you, so you did that show for two seasons. Yeah. Uh, and was it a struggle doing that show at all? Or was it, um, because it only did last two seasons. Right. Like, you know, where was it always, you know, well, kind of it, touch and go, I guess. Even before that, can you, can you go into like how the show was put together? Were right. you guys just all writing and performing the sketches or were there some yeah. separate writers? There were separate writers, but we weren't really too warm to separate right. writers but we didn't actually have writers that we didn't know um right. and it was mostly all of us and it was a joke because we didn't i you know second city you learned how to write for the show and you were writing review shows and annoyance we were generating material through improvisation for bigger shows mostly musicals um but you were generating your own lines not necessarily a plot and so, um, to be a writer on a sketch show all of a sudden at 24, 25, I really didn't have any concept of, like, I was sitting in front of a huge Macintosh and I didn't know, right. it literally was a huge Macintosh. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know what to do or how to do it or, right. and none of us did. So, um, and Mick Napier was one of our, um, directors and he would direct the talent and we would generate material through improvisation and we just had like a separate room. And we would improvise together and somebody would take notes. And then like Danello and Colbert were really the ones who would kind of write stuff. And then Amy and I had David Sedaris mostly writing for us. Right. Um, which, you know, how do, how do you go wrong? Yes. You got a pretty solid writer backing <laughs> yeah. you up. But it was him in your corner. He wrote like basically little plays. They yeah. weren't, you know, what you would consider um, a sketch. Right. And I loved doing them. And I had done a play with him. When I moved to New York, I got the show, but I also did a play right. um, with Amy and David, um, which I was doing at the same time, which right. was amazing. Um, but 
so he wouldn't take notes well. Like we would all get notes. We would do weekly read throughs, you know, everybody read all the material and then, you know, rewrites. But right. he's not going to rewrite sure. yeah. something. So he would just come in and his were hand typed. Right. You know, he, he was very only worked with a typewriter. So then he would just come in with a brand new sketch. Right. Right. Which was great. I mean, yeah. it was ridiculous and it was wonderful. But you don't give David Sedaris that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it probably was, you know, I mean, not knowing, obviously. But it seems like maybe that was one of the, like, the pluses and the minuses of Exit 57, of, like, why it succeeded. Because, like, there were those, I mean, at least for me when I watched, like, there were the sketches that stand out and probably translated from, like, you know, that different point of view of not approaching it from a sketch writing point of view necessarily, right. but approaching it from these little plays because there would be things like uh, like the honey pie sketch or whatever, right. like that are were like these, like, genre pieces. Right. And um, were like these, like, you know, wrote, like, uh, like Tennessee Williams style, like, turgid pieces, but like, and so they felt very different, which is the reason I enjoyed it, but also probably one of the reasons why it didn't last past two seasons maybe. Yeah. like it didn't help uh, right. uh because you're going against the fact that there are piles of sketch shows and you can recognize that's a sketch show you see the state and even when it was weird it's like all right that's yeah. sketch from guys who just wrote sketch and you're also coming from chicago where it's obviously like a different style right like a different style than new york like it, you know it is a more theatrical even approach kind of to improv uh, so, you know, kind of all that kind of gets added on to make it, you know, a solid 14 episodes and maybe why Comedy Central at some point was just like, oh, like we don't know what to do exactly. Yeah. I mean, HBO produced our show. Right. So, um, they were really, um, supportive and, Great. um, but I, I, you know, we embraced dark stuff. Yeah. So that probably is also part of the confusion as to what. How, how do you continue to right. do something like that? But I, I don't, you know, I don't know. It wasn't, Comedy Central was still supportive. And even after our show was canceled, we wrote another pilot. They asked us to write another pilot. Right. And it right. was another sketch show. So, right. I mean, I didn't know they were giving us money to write another pilot. Right. And then I wrote actually two more pilots after that. So, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how what, things work. What do you think the, the like the willingness of of TV in the mid nineties to produce all this glut of sketch shows was based in? Why was there because like, like, you mentioned oh, like, yeah. why were all why did all of these shows kind of come you know, because they it, 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 you don't see that now. Right, right. It seemed like there was this blip on the radar where all where everyone was producing Whereas now where it's like the you know, taboo word almost. Yeah. Like in I, some ways. Probably because it was one of the only, like, forms of comedy that people knew. Like, right. now, so other, there are so many other forms, and people are always trying to do different things, including, right. like, you know, nobody thought you could do animation in mm -hmm. the mid-90s so easily. Not that you can do it easily, but it, it, it would never be a pitched show or concept, right. you know? And, you know, people definitely were into the idea of, pushing the boundaries and, and trying new things. I think even Exit 57, there were never references to pop culture, which was a big thing that we always wanted to do. And I think like, and I'm not comparing us, but like Mr. Show obviously right. was looking for a different form. And I think at that time people were looking for different forms. And so those different forms 
became other forms and then people mm -hmm. who worked on those shows went on to create other shows which just became different types of comedy mm -hmm. um right. but at the time comedy central was a net a new network yeah so, so they were trying they needed content sure you yeah. know and it was like absolutely fabulous or whatever right you know was coming you know whatever else was on the network short right. attention span theater politically yeah. incorrect you know, talk all, you shows, know, you know, pro a, pro a proliferation of cable channels, right in the 90s, as opposed, you know, kind of right. the nascent era of cable, like starting in the 80s. Right. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, a whole station of comedy. Yeah, exactly. This is pretty. Yeah. Ha, the, ha, uh, the yep. proto comedy yep. central. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, the, so then Exit 57 uh, finished up. And so then you ended up writing some pilots after that. Yeah. So uh, we all wrote a pilot for them, which came and went. Um, I, I worked on a pilot for, um, uh, Matt Walsh, uh, mm -hmm. with Eric Drysdale. I mean, at the time also, oh, well, actually after the show, I went and did my own show, which was, um, public access. <laughs> I went and right. did a public access show, yeah. which I loved. And, and, um, I probably did like, I did a year's worth of public access shows okay. of my own that I wrote and created. And what and brought you to doing public, doing public access? access? Because I I bought camera. I bought a camera, right. and I was just starting to do like I wanted to do my own stuff, which is also Chicago style of just yeah. like oh screw it, I'll just make my own thing. Right. So um, and I was doing that, and and then um, like I was telling Kim. Uh, I was For the doing, listener, Kim is my wife. <laughs> um, Broadway Video had a network called Burly Bear, which uh -huh. went to colleges because right. colleges had closed circuit Bear. programming. Yeah. And um, so I ended up doing my show for Burly Bear, which mm -hmm. was awesome because all I wanted was also somebody to fund it and then... I got to do everything. I was the producer. I was the star of it. I wrote it. We shot it. I had money. I had a talent booker mm -hmm. um, from SNL because I, you know, it was crazy. I got to interview awesome people, but also shoot sketches and then sit in an edit bay and learn about editing and producing. Right. Um, so Wait, what was, was that show called? It was called Tame Show. Okay. Uh, what was, was the structure little, of that show? It was um like a faux magazine style talk show. Okay. So there would be segments in it like how tos, um, also like hidden camera. I did lots of hidden camera stuff. I did um and then uh, segments with um interviews, but I would do them inside an apartment and I would act like I was going to interview a football player and I'd be dressed as a cheerleader. And then Regis Philbin would stop in. Oh. So then I would have to interview him dressed as a cheerleader. Or once I acted like I had my wisdom teeth pulled and my face was swollen and blue and um, that I was going to uh, talk to a dentist and John Waters would stop in. Right. And the whole time I would act like I was going to get dry socket if I laughed too hard. Right. <laughs> Which for anybody who doesn't know is an ailment you get. Dry socket. My papa is, stitch. Dry socket is no joke actually. See? It, it you is. know well. No, but I re I've gotten all my or my top two, my bottom two wisdom teeth out right. in the past few years. And they, they paint dry socket as like this plague-like like, <laughs> yeah. thing that you, you, you will actually die from. Right. You right. can't suck on a straw no. or smoke a cigarette or you'll implode. We just want the listeners to know the dangers of dry sockets. Uh, 
We're just looking out. Have you guys brought this up on other episodes? It's surprisingly, yeah, yes. It, it just, just comes up all the fucking time. <laughs> um, but so I think in, in keeping with the theme, you've you've performed quite a bit. Uh-huh. Right. Uh huh. For oh, over over the years, many stages with di- many different people. What constitutes like what happens when 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 something? How do you deal with a situation when it s- starts veering off? When things does that happen to you? What 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 constitutes a, a, a bad show? Well, see, I've been part. Now this is where you know the PMA comes in. Exactly. So I've been part of shows that have consciously been like intentionally been bad. You right. know, like the Annoyance Theater. We we like bad good, right? Or good bad, or it might just suck. But I've been part of many shows that have sucked, probably. Right. And I've been on stage with drunk people. I've seen things fall apart. I've, you know, um, but it's still fun and you still learn something. So I don't necessarily think of those as like a bad moment. Man, the PMA is strong. The PMA is so strong. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it's, yeah, for me, it's just so hard. It's, it's. Well, what it sounds like is that you're able to, to, and, and Jeff and I come from playing music. Right. And we, like, when you're having a bad show and you're, like, and you realize it and it's towards the beginning, I mean, it's almost impossible to pull yourself out of that. You just, right. you're trudging through, you're not engaging with the audience, let's just play the songs as fast as possible and get off the stage. Yeah. But it sounds like you're able to, uh, uh, engage the, the other, performers yeah. and and somehow just get into a different mindset uh and try to make it work that's exactly it i think it's it's you know just giving each other like these looks or you know these knowing looks that shit's going down um that can pull it out and and i'm lucky that i've i've I feel like I've mostly performed with people that I really like right. and admire and have been so talented. Not to say, and now I look back sometimes and I think, oh, we used to fight. Like I used right. to, you know, like get in huge fights with certain people and vice versa. You know, like we just used to have like these personality conflicts. Right. But it was because we were together 24-7. Yeah. And... Now, looking back, like, you have to think, oh, well, I was 24 years old and I was an asshole yes. in certain circumstances, and so were they, and we were yeah. all learning, and you got to be able to still love each other and accept each other, and now, I, you know, I still hang out with these people, right. and it's just like, I, I you got to grow a, and learn. Yeah, that's the thing I, like, try to remind myself, is like a huge, it's just like, yeah, it's like with, again, being in a band, if you're on tour, you're in the van. Like you're you're with these people for 24 hours a day through the shit of like bad shows, like bad food, like just long drives, long drives, and you know everyone's personality gets upped. Uh, but also you forget the fact that like especially for like it's been a while. Like I was 24, like 22, like going on these tours, I was not mentally equipped <laughs> at all to deal with this. I'm not sure I'm mentally equipped at 32. No, but I think that it, part and parcel of that is being 24 and doing this and having much more of a tolerance to right. deal with assholes right. and to be like, well, let's just do that. You know, like right. it's, it's, I think the older you get, the, the fewer fools you, you suffer. Right. Um, sure. so I, I, I know from personal experience when I was 
in my early to mid twenties, it was all about let's just get in the van. This is what we do. Like, right. yeah, we, we, you just deal with it. It's you put a up kind, with it's it. A, it ends up being the kind of yeah, like ostrich scenario. Like you're just sticking your head in the sand. You're just like, well, this is just it. This is what it is. What but, am I supposed I, I, to I, do? I also think, especially in terms of people who get involved with improv um, and maybe even sketch in their early twenties, which right. I see a lot at UCB. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You're also just more open to interacting and working with different people and right. figuring it's almost like this continuation of school in a way right yeah. and you're just dealing you, you know you're going to be dealing with different personalities or even if you don't know that right it yeah know, it's kind of it's just the way it is yeah yeah i think it's odd and i mean you can probably like I, it's something i've oddly thought about like in some way like you are dealing with different personalities but like especially in music you're dealing with a very certain type of person all the right. time as opposed to comedy which i think like maybe also helps some people like you have to deal with like people from various walks of life but with different attitudes like in my brain like you know there was a certain point where like you know not being involved in comedy i'd be like oh like these people drink like i thought everyone didn't drink or like i thought everyone listened to this type of music i thought everyone had list like had this viewpoint and right. at a certain point but like you know yeah with comedy it's like you know you have to almost immediately be dealt with like you know here are people who don't have possibly uh, any yeah. of the viewpoints you have except for a shared comedic voice, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, which is a huge thing. I mean, for you also, did you have, you know, you've, you've got this PMA. Like, did you have this PMA <laughs> since you were younger? Uh, was it always there or did you, you know, cause I, I mean, I never had it. I've never. What happened to you? There's a deficit. Of yes. It. Well, no, a- asshole is not the right word. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's pessimism. It's, yes. I, I have always been like this. I, I don't know why, but I, I guess I've always just seen like a silver lining. And right. I've always, even if something sucked, like if, if it was like raining, but I was with like a friend, like I'm the kid at the slumber party who kept everybody up or, right. you know, I was just like, this is I thought awesome. I recognize you. Right. You know, like, come on. You know, I could, I, I like spending way too much time i was the neighbor like next door neighbor that they'd be like jody it's time to go home like i love just being around people and even like at the dmv i could probably have a good time (laughs) you know i would just be like look at all these crazy characters right unlike greenpoint i guess maybe i I don't have fun here yeah what's that about (laughs) but i do i don't know i've been that way i but you know i think like back to what you were saying about like comedy personalities like Mm -hmm. i almost think it's i get nervous when i don't see people like going for it or like really pushing those boundaries with their own personality and friendships like sometimes now but that's probably because i'm not hanging out with everybody Mm -hmm. i don't see as much drama as i experience and i don't know if there's something that's more tame going on or i'm sure it's also probably because i'm not around it but um I feel like that was really healthy for me to go through drama. Right. I, you know, cause then we would write stupid junk around it or, you know, weird improv scenes would come out around right. it. And not that that's what it was always about, but at least we could, we weren't not experiencing all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is a huge, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a mind boggling viewpoint to me like i really i'm just so fascinated i really am fascinated with just like being able to 
see the silver light like honestly. no i it's, oh. you, it's i i'm i more align myself more with you because right. i'd shoot Thank myself you. in the face if i had to like you know <laughs> yeah. confront uh, the actual this. odds of you know what it is you're trying to do you just kind of keep your head down something just and just do it right uh and now we're talking in kind of vague thing yeah but, um uh, there's there's always this weird zen thing that comes into the uh, the, right. the show at some point. Right, right, right. I mean, right. I guess also or were or there self delusion. Like, yeah, or were there moments like throughout this? And if not, that's amazing. Uh, like of having to, uh, you know, go back and do the shit temp job, or or have you been able to figure it out? Well, basically? I mean, I also don't. I I, I don't require a lot of money right. like i've uh, i think coming from chicago or and then ending up in astoria which was like one of the smartest things i ever did was to find a right. stabilized apartment in right. astoria was an um a great husband it's like we never required a lot of income like right. I, i've never wanted a lot of money it's right. not been a goal of mine right i also you know we don't want to have children or anything yeah. so that's not part of my picture so i've always been able to keep your overhead low. yeah creative creativity was always like my goal right so even if i was working on a play or mm-hmm. you know or something that's maybe not television right i've been lucky enough to be happy all these years and and still pay the rent yeah which is the which is one of the key like it that's the yeah it it came up in our will hines episode like just being able to pay the rent for me yeah i agree is just about enough like as long as you can do that that i think yeah i do agree with i think it depends on what phase of your life you're in uh if like you said you know if that's if 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 uh uh, children aren't uh in the picture and won't be in the picture and if you can live a uh if you if you're totally comfortable living a modest children life. are a money and, suck. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean Fuck I can't that. imagine. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to afford a right. child. But at the same time, I'm not living like a pauper. You right, know, right. I can. I'm a baller. Yeah. You know? no, I look, look, I, like I, it. I usually the first thing I, think I endorse that. I and it, it, when 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 my band would go on tour, right. we would have not that we were raking in tons of cash, but you know, every once in a while we have a day off mm-hmm. and we have to drive somewhere. You, you, on, you have to have a treat yourself like a king day. You got where it. We, yeah. would, we would go out, we'd get a, a fancy dinner, yeah. we'd go to a spa. <laughs> How fancy are we talking well, about? I, I re- no, I remember. <laughs> I I, never I, were uh, that high let me put this in context. I remember driving through Wyoming. And, right. And, and as a band, you just don't play in Wyoming. Right. Because the only place you would play around there is Denver. Like, right. you don't play in Wyoming. You're always driving through it. But I remember us. We got the day off. Let's treat ourselves like kings. Yeah. And we just got a steak dinner. And there was a um, there was a natural hot spring. That's what I meant. Oh, a spa. Okay. Not- Sorry. Just <laughs> Great highfalutin spa. language. So we went to this hot spring. It was fantastic. And you treat the thing. It, it's it's seeing the forest for the trees. You treat right. yourself like a king. It's it's it, it's a hard <laughs> thing. And again, you're you're dealing with how my brain is right today, and it's it's but it's it could be better some days. But hopefully, you know, the payoff also is is that you just keep finding your own voice, right. and you're true to who you are, right. and you start to define your art. Right. And somebody's like, oh. That person knows how to do what they do, and they're right. great at it, and they know it backwards and forwards. And yeah. so there is some sort of payoff to that in the future sure. in some way. Right. Without a, Yeah, it, 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 that's, uh, you know, I'm sure that's something a lot of artists 
deal with is that whole, you know, kind of, you know, you have those days, those weeks, those months where you're doing stuff and you're like, what exactly? Why am I doing that? Like, you know, you have to remind yourself, like, one, you're doing it because you enjoy it. Like, that's the huge thing. But also knowing that in the grand scheme, it's part of your path. It's part of your journey. It's part of your, uh, yeah, where it it will get you. It's your quest. It's your creative quest. Uh, because yeah, like, I mean, that's the battle. It's, you know, you don't want to be doing stuff just because like, this will get me to get people to watch me. Right. I mean, and, and that was something, you know, at the annoyance, uh, you know, and maybe it was a bad thing. I don't know, but it was always like the process versus the product. And Mick was, McNapier was always like, we're doing this for the process. And it's not about that product at the end, you know, which was the opposite thought at Second City. We were putting up reviews, you know, and so it was always about like pushing stuff and how could we do something different. And um, so I think, you know, that was kind of always reinforced in my brain. And that was one of the philosophies there was that if you always are true to yourself and true to your own voice, then and just keep trucking along and doing your own thing. People will reward that either by, you know, you get to work with people that you love and like right. or constantly able to make your own things or maybe there's financial reward or right. whatever. So uh, but speaking of working with people you like, uh, I, I want to talk about um, the documentary that you made. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. So you made you made a documentary about uh, Mark. Well, Maron. Mark Marin, who is probably sounds like a polar opposite to the PMA. Yeah. yeah, how'd he deal so, with you? Uh, I, well, no, I think this is interesting. <laughs> the the uh, uh, eternal optimist yeah. dealing with the classic pessimist. Yeah. Or at least, that it, sounds it, like obviously, as two people Swedish don't know him film. personally, but that's yeah. the, you know, persona he gives out and we assume is generally. So, but but the idea is that you were shooting, uh, you were shooting him the week of September 11th. Yeah. Right. Uh, A week after September okay. 11th. Right. Um, going back to doing stand-up um, and that journey, and I was, uh, I, we were next-door neighbors, so I knew him really well, and at the time, I, I had been working on a project f- called The Process, which mm-hmm. was about other artists' creative processes, and so I That's was following um, a composer and a, a chef mm-hmm. and a musician and a, a, a painter, um, and so I had talked to Mark about doing it anyway. And, and, um, so then, you know, obviously September 11th came and went and we were next door neighbors and it was hard on everybody, not as hard on us as some, obviously, but, um, the way he was making his money was doing stand up comedy. Right. So he could not go back to work. Right. Like lots of people in different occupations. And so, um, I was trying to show that process of him going back to doing stand-up especially since and not a lot well he he was very political and he still is but he had more of a political edge right at the time um and so uh it was it was interesting to see how he was going to um voice his feelings and opinions about this in a comedic way right uh, and I mean the end result, I I thought was great. Uh, oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. Uh, What's the name? It's it's uh, the voice a, of something. Mark the voice Maron, of something. The voice of something. Uh, but yeah, I mean honestly, like now I think like how like I mean I'm just picturing the two of you together. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean I think he it is 
you know, as neighbors too, I, right. I think there was, maybe there was comfort in talking to me. And I think lo- you can hear my voice a little bit in, yeah. in the documentary. And I think that actually I've heard comments from people that people like that there's a girl that he's talking to. Right. And I think I, I got something out of him. Maybe right. I'm not sure. I don't want to take all the credit for it, but, um, I think he felt comfortable with me and right. talking to me about his process. And, um, I, I don't judge. I yeah. try not to judge people. So I think he was open to that right. feeling too. I also like the concept that you were friends with your neighbor. Like, obviously. But, like, I can't even <laughs> fathom that. Like, thinking of, like, trying to go out I, of my neither. way. I can't remember ever truly being like, I want to hang out with my neighbor. God, no. I would go out of my way to not say hi. Now, was like, this thing, yeah. like, you were saying you were the kid growing up, like... Come on, Jody. Something. Were you the same with Mark? Would <laughs> he be like, "All right, yeah. Jody, you have to leave now." He would bring me scones, or actually, he would come down and visit us a lot. And my husband's a pot smoker. I'm going to go ahead and say it. And <laughs> it was so nice to have Mark come in and Stoli would be high and just basically get like a tight ten in the living right. room would be a stoner's right. dream. Um, but. You know, yeah, I'm going out. You guys should know this. I'm going out to see my neighbor later tonight. What? Yeah, Holy. a different neighbor. You are crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, your, your viewpoint like, is I'm, nuts. I'm picturing like a Sesame Street-esque thing you got with Gordon and there's, right. you know, some guy living in the trash coming out. It just, just makes sense. It just seems so crazy. It's like a lovable I mean, cast of characters. I'm not yeah. working off of great neighbors right now, but uh, yeah, it just seems nuts. Uh, I think also I'm th- like, you know, like uh, when you were talking about, uh, you know, uh, still still being friends and still working with the people that you took classes with. I think that's also, you know, a huge thing. I think it's it, and because it, I, you know, I feel I tell my students that all the time, like the last class, like this is the beginning of your community. Yeah. Like it's whether you like it or not, like some of you might not like that, but like. This is it. And like, you know, I still am like friends and work with people that I met in classes. And I mean, I think it's such a huge, it's such a huge thing. And to remember that, like, you know, like, yeah, I guess because also like all those people will be going through the same struggles, like in their own special way. But Uh, this also is interesting from what we were talking about before, from coming from like a music community going into comedy which is a much cast a much a much wider net right and with music you find like oh you you're into these bands that's cool we definitely have a similar right viewpoint as opposed to like oh you like mr show or tim and eric that right. doesn't necessarily mean like right we're going to you know be, be best so friends. but that's but i uh, you know right. and and having taken classes and 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 you, you walk and you immediately i it's not something it's like a knee-jerk thing like oh that guy seems cool Right. Or she right. seems cool. Right. And yeah. then, but it's a question of, of, of allowing yourself to also just like stop the like, you know, immediate judgments. Right. Like realize that like, and I, this is something that I've gone through having been immersed in, in music for so long. It's like, you know, there are a lot of really great people who don't listen to, you know, whatever. Right. Kraut rock or something. It's and a like, huge thing you know, to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, yeah, I, I guess just, yeah, like, I, I, I agree with you. Working with those people, like, and it also, it you know, to see them continue to do stuff is inspiring. To see, I think that for, you know, like, like, do you find it inspiring to see that, like, oh, these people haven't stopped, like, you know, as yeah. well. 
uh, like you know they're, they're doing the they're doing their path as well. Um, yeah, it's 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 so great, and and I love and that bond I'll never forget, and right. and um. You know, obviously, I don't talk to every single person sure. I had a class with, but there are a, a, it's like a shocking amount of people and we still keep in communication and and or I'll see them in Los Angeles or when they're here, they come and see me. Or, right. You know, I feel like I'm the only one left in New York. I right. To say. It but, starts. I mean, yeah, it's only re- yeah, it's starting to edge into that. Yeah, for me. it's and like crazy. It's, and it's weird. You get into that mode, too, or, you know, as you get older and like your friends are scattered around like you're fine with it like it's just it you know it it's less i don't know it, you you see them it's like well i might not see them for a couple months but because they're on the road or they're doing whatever like they're going here they're going there um but yeah i i think it's it's you know and it is i mean i guess also that like is there are there's points where you're like maybe i shouldn't be in new york <laughs> like you oh know. yeah i mean i've gone back and forth about that for years and years at right. this point i i I go to Los Angeles, you know, a few times right. a year or whatever and do whatever. But it's like, I, I, I don't even have a driver's license. <laughs> I mean, I, I have people drive me around. It's so obnoxious. And, um, but I love going there. And every time I go, people are like, we, we've never, we haven't seen these other people since the right. last time you were here. So it like kind of forces people. Um, to get together a little bit, I'd like to think. But right. um, I can't imagine if my only life was the industry. Like, sure. I love the exposure to the Greenpoint hobos yeah. or bombs. Yeah. And, and I like the exposure to other things. Right. You know, otherwise, it w- and it was just like in Exit 57, that second season, we just started writing office sketches. Because right. we hadn't left an office right. for... A- 12 months. So right. now that was the only exposure we had, the only life experience we had was inside an office. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I like exposure to different things. Yeah. It's weird. I think, it, I think it was Pete Holmes on his podcast talking about like, and I have never thought about it before. I think it was him talking about how like, yeah, that's why in the eighties there was all that stand up about airplane food. Is that because well, everyone was funny. on the airplane? <laughs> yeah. But, and that's how it starts to feel. Yeah. You like, if you don't, if you don't live, like, I can't, that's one of the things I can't fathom. It's also a timeless subject. It is also a timeless subject. We're all. <laughs> you can mine for it. Like, there's food. still, people are still coming up with great bits. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sure. About, about airplanes. But yeah, cause you have to, you have to be able to, yeah, get out there and see things to actually write sketch and I mean, write play and write, you know, comedy about. The subway alone, you right. know, going from on the G to the E or whatever it is, it's just like you walk into, your office or you know the training center wherever you're going with so much right material because you just spent 20 minutes on the train yeah you get to see so much every single day yeah i feel like recently i have to like force myself to go without headphones well yeah we yeah. all put headphones in because I, I hate people so much i don't want them to like be deal i don't want to deal with them, well so. i put my headphones in but i'm not listening to right. anything and as a matter of fact i record people all the time oh that's, <laughs> that's very legal, good right no, I, I wrote voice memo yeah that's all perfect right. I've, I've done that as well You're creepy i'll report you yeah, it's all right. <laughs> but see, guys, this is, I'm, I'm getting a little sick here because this is oh. so insp- inspiring. <laughs> and by, let's just cut the shit for a second. Okay, good. I just want to make sure, like, it sounds like you thoroughly, I mean, this is like you're, in, like you haven't had a bad show. Oh, I've had tons of bad shows. <laughs> I've had tons of bad shows. But right. you well, know what else? I never think about, like, I, the only thing I'll walk off thinking sometimes is like, oh, I get more upset thinking I offended somebody 
socially. Right. You know, that, that'll keep me up for days, like torturing myself thinking, oh, was I wasted at that bar and did I offend that person <laughs> or was I too annoying? And um, Stoli, my husband, once said um, to me, which I love, is nobody thinks about you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he said it in the most positive way. Like, nobody gives a fuck about you. They're all thinking yeah. about themselves, yeah. just like we're always thinking about ourselves. Like, I'm a blip in that person's evening. That, I think that's... Yeah, that, my it, therapist tells me that all the this time. Is, like, you know, yeah, we <laughs> talked about and it. And this right. sound like, honestly, sounds <laughs> obnoxious. Every once in a while, if I, I'll... I'll, I'll play some records at a bar. Right. Which is getting around saying that I'll DJ every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. and anyway, so, uh, you know, it's like you're thinking, oh, man, I can't wait to play this song tonight. I'm going to blow someone's mind <laughs> with this song. And then you realize nobody gives a fuck what you're playing. Right. Like, nobody cares. Your background But maybe yeah. they will. You know, maybe sometime they will. You never know. Well, every once well, in a while, you have to, the classic, you have someone yeah. come up to me, like, this is the, if, if, if someone comes up to me once and goes, what is this? Right. And then you're like, All right. and then I'm playing records for this guy. Right. And it was the same with show. If you played, if we played a shitty show, right. and there were three people there, but one guy was like getting into it, or maybe right. there were a lot of people there, but nobody cared except for that one guy. It's like yep. we're playing for this guy yeah. <laughs> now. But I think getting back to what you're saying, like, yeah, no, people don't really. It's a, it's a, yeah, like I said, my you. therapist says it not so. Just like, yeah, it, people aren't thinking about you. And if they are, they're thinking about you for different reasons than you are thinking about yourself. Yeah. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. Because, yeah, like, I'm constantly, like, that's why I, at least for me, like, I have the, uh, the opinion of, like, oh, people think I'm an asshole. But then, like, every, I'll say that and everyone's like, no one. No one. Literally no one thinks you're an <laughs> no asshole. One. Everyone thinks you're a very, very nice guy. And, I, then I'm, and I'm like, I'm literally, I'm not digging for shit here. Right. Like, and I always have to feel like I have to preface that to, like, my friends whenever I'm saying it. But, I mean, and they know that, too. But and it's maybe, just so hard. Maybe somebody will think I'm an asshole or you're an asshole. Right. But who, like, you can't please right. everybody. Yeah, right. And the only, you know, I get bummed if there aren't enough people at shows. Like, sometimes right. that bums me out. Yeah. Now I feel like there's so many improv shows and only right. so large an audience. Like, really, how many how many more shows can right. there be? Um, so that part kind of starts to bum me out. And I do have a rule. You know, it has to be at least the same amount of audience sure. members as people on stage. Sure. Or I'm not doing the show. Right. But, um, Have you had shows where you've been Oh, like, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm sure. Right. But um, it, it's just like that part bums me out. And I'm sure, especially as musicians, my husband is a musician. And, yeah. and that I've definitely seen with music, too. And yeah. the whole promoting is just it, a nightmare. Yeah. And, and so that's unfortunate. Like, luckily, UCB comes with, you know, a built-in audience. Right. But at the same time, you better be good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because like you said, there are there's just so much. Oh my god! Uh, and you know, and and it's like as you get older, like, and that's how everyone starts to feel. Like you're just like, well, I could go see another show, or I could stay right. at home with my husband right. or my wife and like yeah. have fun. I spent two hours <laughs> watching sword fight videos today on YouTube. <laughs> so exactly. I mean, if you said to and me, that Jody, is work. God damn do it. you want to yeah. come and see an improv show right now? I'd be like. I'm busy. <laughs> right. I, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm watching sword fighting. Well, the videos. older you get, your priorities kind of shift. And I mean, this is going back to the idea. Well, again, you pay your rent and stuff, but then it also like becomes about. Uh, and I've been thinking about this just in the grand scheme of things, just like in life, and like 
you know, the value of your own time. And right. maybe spending two hours watching sword fight videos is what you want to do. It was that so day. fun. Yeah. It gets ingrained. I mean, for me, I know it like, yeah, it gets ingrained like somewhat these like kind of like middle class values like of like, no, you should be like in an office for eight hours a day to say that you're, you have, were that's, working. That's, that's like you are the doing, Protestant work. Yeah, ethic exactly. Yeah. And that is dumb. like, you know, and at the same time, maybe there's some hours where I'm like, Oh, I spent one too many hours watching sword fight videos. Yeah, I mean, uh, there obviously are streaks where I'm working nonstop right. or I have strange hours. That's yeah. the way I've put my life together. Right. But, you know, and then there's sometimes I can just sit and watch sword fight videos. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. Yeah. But why do you, what, you don't even need to explain. Yeah. That. No, that's, my that's family fun. never expected anything right you know, huge from me. So I lucked out. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. I'm perplexed. not disappointing anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure they're thinking about me enough to uh, be disappointed. So just a, we, a couple a couple of final questions yes. that we, we, yeah. we give all the our, our guests on the show. What do you think of the word gig? gig. Oh. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. That's a first. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's, it's adorable. It's adorable. Yeah. All right. Do you All use right. it? I don't right. think I have. I've never used it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that we, we like to figure it. It changes. It changes from, you know, comedians versus musicians. What type of comedian it is versus what type of musician it is. What level they play at. Like, yeah. it's all like. That's the first adorable. We've adorable. Yeah, that, it's that, great. That's going it on the list. It, up it seems like a musician thing. Right. Yeah. But it's still lame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. And adorable. <laughs> and finally here, it's like, you know, for everyone who doesn't know, the show is taped in Greenpoint. You came all the way from Astoria. I did. We're talking, we're talking bus, uh, subway, oh, the, the, planes, trains, and automobiles, essentially. Right. Yes. What are you doing? What are you doing after this, after the taping? Well, I was going to go see my, um, my next door neighbor. Oh, weird. Okay. So you don't you, judge me. You, I'm not no. judging. I love it. You do have plans. I do. And you're gonna take various <laughs> modes of transportation. Are you gonna give me a ride? To get home. Not gonna give you a ride, but I am going to wish that you get home safe. <laughs> Why do you always fall for that? I like that you do. This is the only time I've been mad during this Podcast interview. Podcast over. Thank you. It's a bummer, but it's amazing at the same time. Thank you, Jody. Thanks, Bye. you guys. Bye. Worst gig ever.